Unicorns of Balinor book. We never thought this day would come. Also, I'm guessing maybe I'm eating chocolate. I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if the volume is picking up on that or not, but anyway. Um, it definitely will, because when you were eating on the last one I had to cut a lot of that out. I'm just trying to live life. So the somewhat nice thing about the fact that we're doing this remotely is that um I have two streams of audio, so if there's a part where, like, I'm talking and you're not talking, I can just cut all the noises off of your side. Nice. What was I eating last time? I don't know. You were definitely eating. Hey, I thought I was eating before we started recording. I think you were still eating a little bit when we were. I definitely ha- There were mouth sounds. That's all I know. So, I I have I have heard from our loyal fans and by our loyal fans I I mean Sonia that they they do miss the the Kara guest appearances. The Kara fans are thirsty. Now we know. Um, I don't know what she's doing. She's in her room. She's been in there for a while. <laughs> I feel like the only way to do it this way would like she'd have to burst into your room like yeah. blade man style and that just doesn't seem like something she would do um, yeah i feel like that would startle me <laughs> also we're we're having the awkward thing again where i can see melanie and uh she cannot yep. see me that is happening i'm like do i just look at myself that's all i'm doing right now is i'm just looking at myself i'm like looking at myself in the audio I'm finding myself still making, like, faces at you as if you're going to respond to what I'm doing. You That's... can't see this. But I c- I'll be able to feel it. <laughs> That's what counts. Uh, okay, so the Unicorns of Balinor 8, Shadows Over Balinor. What do you remember? Ugh. As you mentioned, there's just... And I think that's why I I was like, I, I don't remember, like, this, this, and this. And I was like, because I don't think that it was resolved. Um, And so that's a bit, because I thought there was going to be more books. Like, I was fully, like, I remember finishing this and fully expecting that there were going to be more books. Involved. No, it's set, up with, it's set up with a ton of unresolved things. It's really obvious that she had, like, at least some ideas for what she was planning on doing with yeah. the next ones. And then obviously just never felt like writing them. That's why I'm like, what happened? Like, I feel like we need answers because I, I needed answers back then. Like I was waiting for literally years. I mean, should, does she have, does she have public contact? Um, let's find her? out. Mary, I, what the fuck? I'm honestly, I, I'm kind of mad. Dude, I'm like, I'm like, this is like I'm 20 like, years later for me, and I'm still nothing. upset about it. <laughs> there were, have, there, yeah, um, fully, like, when I say that, like, for years, I mean, I was like... It just, like, you're trying to go to sleep at night, and you're like, why didn't it end? What happened? I, like, I know, I was probably maybe, like, 15 or 16 when I, like, stopped looking to see if there was going to be a ninth one. Okay, she's got a Facebook, she's got a website. There's got to be a way to contact this woman. Mary! <laughs> Mary, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Mary, as an, 
adult who just read your books, I have a problem. <laughs> and my friend who was a Wait. child and read your books, even more upset. Gosh, her, like, webpage doesn't even open. It just tries to get me to download a file. That's weird. I don't like that. I would recommend not downloading it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that seems suspicious. Uh... Oh, God. Mary, what's going on? Mary? Mary? Uh, what's the deal with her Facebook page? Uh, the last time she posted was it was in 2013. Oh, geez. Someone on the page in 2019 said, Can I ask why the author has not put out more books? Oh. Maybe um, she didn't feel like it. Oh, her mystery novels are all angel-themed? Wow. Oh, really? Does Mary yeah. have some yeah. feelings about religion, perchance? Angel Condemned, Angel's Verdict, Avenging Angels. These are angel-themed mysteries, Melanie. Also, someone just said, just read the Heavenly Horse duo for about the billionth time. Any chance a duo? of another? Wait, yeah, what is a... the duo? That, well, now we have more questions. What does this person say? Let's see. Hey Mary, I am a big fan of your Unicorns of Balinor books, and I am wondering if you have a ninth book, and can you give me a picture of Lincoln? I am trying to draw him, and when I get done, I will send you a picture of him. Sad. She did not respond to that. Oh. Uh, that was in 2015, though, and it seems like after 2013, she just gave up on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like she wasn't really doing anything with it to begin with, but dang. No. Um, so someone said Scholastic dropped Unicorns of Balinar. I mean, it never, like, gets finished and it hasn't been updated. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. pretty old. Like, the Heavenly Horse book, that was written, like, before either of us were born. That's from, like, 1988. That was a long time ago. Yeah, and then there's some magical mysteries, and then she wrote The Unicorns of Balinor. I'm just looking at these in order. Um, the most recent thing that she did was in 2011, yeah, so she huh. hasn't been writing for a while. Mary, what happened? There's, like, one fairy tale from 2006 in a collection. Yeah, not too much. Not too much stuff. Yeah, the last one was one of those angel books. There's like five of them. Hmm. And that's interesting. Hmm. Well. Well, yeah. There was, a, there was actually a big gap. It looks like she wrote the last Balinor book in 2000 and then she didn't write anything else for eight years. So. She. Maybe she's going through some stuff. Um. So. So, yeah. So no answers. The picture of her on Fantastic Fiction is her with two goats, though. I don't know why, but that's not <laughs> what's going on there. Mary loves her goats. <laughs> it's just her with some goats. She looks happy. Like it looks like the she and the goats are getting along. But what more could you ask for? Uh, okay, so yes, shadows over Balinar. What do you remember? So uh, I. Well, well, first off, the cover um, is I always liked just because the it's two black unicorns. Um, I think one they're clearly trying to indicate is the man and one is the 
woman, or if you want to use technical terms, stallion and a mare. Um, but because one, the one that's rearing, one of them is rearing, you know, obviously I'm being majestic and clearly that's like the masculine one because it has like the feathery under chin and then the other one's more like delicate and doesn't have like the feathery forelocks and whatnot as well. Um, Why didn't they just give it long eyelashes? I know. that. Well, because we wouldn't have been able to see it because they're black and far away. Um, so they just wanted to make sure that we knew uh, like the also the more delicate one has like a little dished face and the the rearing one has like a strong straight almost a little bit uh bowed out how masculine but the cover is is pretty dope i i honestly don't remember that much i just remember because I just remember being like, well, there's going to be another one. There's going to be something else. And we're going to get answers to these things that I don't know. So I don't really remember much. And the synopsis, which I will read, doesn't give away much either. It says, Princess Ariana inquires about the past and learns the truth about the fall of the great unicorns from the Celestial Valley. She uncovers the truth about shifting magic and how that power has led the fallen unicorns into the shadows to become the evil shadow unicorns. Wow. I wouldn't consider that to be a synopsis of the book. That's, that's not what happens in this book. Actually, it says that in good. That must just be what's on the back of the What's on the back of the book? The back of the book is a mysterious map. Now that Entia and his evil empire have been defeated, there are grand celebrations in the royal palace and in the celestial valley. But there is still something Princess Ariana wants to find her royal parents. Atlanta, the dream speaker of the celestial herd, learns that the king and queen are being held in the forgotten fields. The princess and her unicorns must first find an, the ancient archivist who has the map of the mysterious magical fields. The quest for the map makes Ariana stronger and more sure than ever that she will return her parents to the throne and restore peace throughout Valinor. They never find her fucking parents! Hey, it doesn't happen in the That's book. okay! See, this whole time I've been like, why don't I remember? Because you literally never see them! Also, also, Melanie, there's a portrait, like a family portrait oh, no. that the archivist guy, like, took with the, him. She only has one what? brother now, Melanie. Mary. She only has Mary, what is going on? <laughs> she only has her older brother, Brand. There's no other brother mentioned or in this portrait. Mary. <laughs> What's happening? He he's just gone now. <laughs> he doesn't That was it was too much. I mean we established, I guess, that she's just like removing characters as she adds more in. My sense of reality has been totally messed with by her just changing shit through the course of these books where I'm like, no, didn't she have another brother? Wasn't this nope. his name? Apparently not. Nope. Not <laughs> only on Mary's one, watch. Only Bren the whole time. And there's also a part in this book where um, they're having a fight and Ari brings out her knife, her stabbed knife, right? And she's talking about how, like, she holds it in the grip that she learned from Chase, but in a previous book, she remembered her brother Bren showing her how to sword fight. So, like, he doesn't even get credit for teaching her anything anymore. Now it's just something Chase told her about? Hmm. You know, I 
I'm not even going to pretend to understand. I just, I can't. There, it's, I don't know, Stephanie. I, also, this, um, <laughs> this review from 2003, um, says, I am an adult and enjoyed this series a lot. The only thing I can complain about is that Mary Stanton used some characters and places from her book Piper at the Gate. So she's just reusing. Also, they said Scholastic was not interested in continuing the series. Oh, Ouch. so that's why she quit writing it because they weren't paying her for it anymore. We got answers. But what characters did she reuse? I want to know which ones we can see I in know. her book. Right? Like, what's the point? Oh, yeah. So this is this is Piper at the Gate is a sequel to The Heavenly Horse from the Outermost West. Huh. What? What is going on? <laughs> this is an outrage. Oh my god, this re this review, uh, just in case you guys are interested in uh, what it, what's it called, Piper at the Gate. Yeah. <laughs> Five stars. It's a book about horses, so what's not to love? <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Could not have said it better. Now I almost feel like we have to read those like first two books just to see who, I know. just to see who she What's copy going on. who she copy and pasted into her children's books. Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> also, this person com this person compared Piper at the Gate to Watership Down. Well the other book, like the first book was compared to Watership Down, right? Oh, maybe it was. I don't, Stephanie, I don't remember things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did I talk to you about that book, Firebringer, which is a, like a deer version of Watership Down? And it's literally just, well, they're red deer, so they're mm -hmm. like basically elk, but um, they just are murdering each other. Nice. That's like what it is. It's like politics of deer, <laughs> land, and murder. Uh, and one of them, one of the evil ones, he didn't have any antlers for some reason. Mm. So he was ugly and evil. Naturally. Yeah, you know how, like, anybody who's not hot is just automatically evil? That's what I've always said. Some fairy tale logic. They're like, ah, oh, yes, inner beauty is reflected in outer beauty. So if you're hot, you're just good. There's a reason I like hot yeah. people. It's because they're good. Yeah, no, that's... I surround myself with only hot people because they're hot on the inside as well. <laughs> hot on the inside, hot on the outside. It's, 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 what, it's what I've always said. Yeah. To be fair, uh, I think all of my friends are beautiful. So. Take that, world. <laughs> And I think they're all uh, good people, so checkmate. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm sure as per usual, uh, as you start talking, I'll start remembering things. Because um, yeah, none of that. I just, I just remembered it not wrapping up how I thought it would. No. Well, just yeah, just it not being like super memorable in the sense of like ah, the finale. 
we've we've learned all that we have to learn. And I was just like, all right, ate the book. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on to the next one that never arrived and therefore broke Melanie's heart. Young Melanie's heart. Who would I be if a ninth or tenth book if, had come if out? If Mary had wrapped it up. Yes. Would I be a different person? I mean, it's a butterfly effect. Undoubtedly, something would have gone different in my life. Think about that, Stephanie. <laughs> oh, I, as I point my chapstick at yeah, you. Yeah, it's a it's a vanilla bean. If you're wondering what kind Melanie likes, it is. Thank you, uh, Burt's Bees. My mom got me the little, um, whatever, like little pack of them with uh, multiple scents, flavors, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> for Christmas. Thanks, Mom, for always keeping my lips moisturized by uh, something else, not you. <laughs> uh, speaking, anyway. <laughs> speaking of Diana, uh, do we have more horse books to read for next time? or um, Not yet, but Diana did say that she would provide horse books. I think they're going to come down on Thursday. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, um, it's happening soon. Cool. Oh, it's, it's happening. She said, uh, yeah, she, um, found me a bookcase because she's helping me, um, redo my room. It's just mostly just me being like, I find this overwhelming and it took me until yesterday to move the boxes that have been in my room since I moved in here two and a half half years ago oh, um down to the downstairs room <laughs> which yeah so now my room is random box free and Stephanie. it looks great there i don't see there's any like boxes. there are there's <laughs> look i have to unplug you from some stuff but look there's it's dark um because i don't have lights on but look there's so much floor space <laughs> Stephanie, look I'm at the floor space. <laughs> floor space. <laughs> and my dresser is, is cleaned off. Yeah, I was, my my house is really messy right now because I was uh, doing some screen printing yesterday. And so I just have like a rack in the middle of my kitchen with like all these different shirts drying on them. My band is making merch. Melanie's getting one of our secret prints. By secret prints, I mean pre-order only for the real fans. Uh, real fan. Real fan. It's an honor and a privilege. We do have plans for... Well, I mean, I did... It's also a crop top, which is a Melanie classic look. Like, she's got to she's gotta have <laughs> a crop top if we have one. But Exactly. Uh, there are plans... For a past your bedtime shirt, yes. which will probably which, yeah. uh, be for me and Melanie. But if yeah. if any of you listeners are like, "Man, I need past your bedtime on my physical body," you can send us an email at pa yep. past your bedtime pod at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah, and also um, my Netflix is hooked up to it now because. I got hacked oh, geez. on mine, and I can never use that email anymore. 
Um, but that's also when I met Harvey from Netflix. Who, as we all oh, know, Melanie is a um, Melanie has a habit of falling in love with like people <laughs> in minor service positions at places we've gone to. We went to a concert once, and one of the guys directing traffic out of the parking lot gave her a piece of candy, and she was, like, in love with him. He did! So, he was, they were eating snacks, and, um, did Claire, like, yell out to I don't remember. To them? I, I think that she was like, what are you eating? <laughs> and, and they were like, Snickers! Do you want some? And we were like, yeah, because I've been wanting chocolate for, like, hours. And Oh, no, it was Twix. It was Twix. And so he, like, came running over, and he was like, you better take more than one. He was like, I know you're going to want, want more. And I was like, you're correct, sir. Also, you're looking real good. <laughs> I will say that, like, when we were driving into this concert, Melanie had noticed this particular parking attendant and thought he was hot. I only remember this because I, as a joke, had texted her boyfriend about it. Yep, she did. And then I followed it up after she got the Twix. <laughs> yep. And she took a picture of me. There's a picture of me somewhere with uh, holding Twix yeah. and just being, feeling very satisfied. <laughs> he, you know, I don't know his name, but he has a special place in my heart. Uh, it was only notable for me that Melanie was like, wow, that guy's hot, because I was like, I don't see anybody hot in this whole parking lot, so I don't even know who she's talking about. <laughs> we just, you know, everyone has different tastes, that's what we've learned. Yeah. Yep, and Stephanie and I don't have the same taste in men. I would say that generally I don't have a taste in men. Like, mostly I don't like most of them. On occasion. <laughs> one or two. Mostly no. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, where, where were we? right before we got on this, this tangent, let's see. Oh, I think I was gonna start complaining. But also, just an announcement for everybody. I'm sure that most people who are listening to this probably already know, but this is going to be the last episode that we put up on SoundCloud. And after this, we are just going to be available on Spotify or um, Apple Podcasts. We up there. We out yep. there. You can subscribe. We are now. Thank you to... KBGA, yeah. KBGA. Um, also, that means that only, like, certain uh, episodes will be available on SoundCloud after this. Yes. Yeah, and they'll, they're also, they're on the KBGA website, and that's probably where they're gonna be first, because when we do this, I'm gonna submit it to KBGA. They create the feed on their site, and then it updates to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, like, probably a day or so later. So, yeah, that's, that's what it's gonna be from now on gonna be up there you can just subscribe and then when it's ready it'll just put it on your phone like a real podcast we're getting real you guys uh you guys aka my mother <laughs> my physical therapist sonia uh i think Solvay listens to them yeah my friend sydney sydney yes uh um, one of the few other so. people who's gonna be rocking the coop design 
Sydney and I are, we don't know it, but we're friends. I, I feel like you guys would be compatible to hang out. Sydney loves a good dumb pun. I love that. They make me really angry unless I'm doing them, but I also love them. I, you guys are also soon going to be both participating in, in Spooky Town Remote, because yeah. I, I think that I'm going to cast Sydney as uh, Sharon Wolfman's father, the Wolfman. Mostly so that he can make wolf-related puns as her dad. Good. That is the correct thing to do. Carmilla has more, right? Yeah, Carmilla's gonna have a lot more. That's me. I'm Carmilla, in case anyone didn't know that. Most people wouldn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Your your girlfriend, Laura, is just gonna hang around your workplace all love the time. love Laura. So perfect. You love her? She's gay oh, that's she right. doesn't know it. She's too dumb <laughs> to right. realize you guys are dating. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. I mean, I don't know if anybody who's listening to this has not read Carmilla. But it is... Okay. Uh, it's a very short book. It's pretty short and it's easy to read. Um, I have it as an audiobook, but I know you're not as much of an audiobook fan. But it's a pretty... It's like a little novella. Essentially, it's about this girl, Laura who's kind of getting seduced by this vampire mm. girl, Carmilla. And it's real, like, Carmilla is blatant about it. She's calling her darling. She's kissing her on the mouth. And Laura's just like, oh, this lady's so affectionate. I wonder if maybe we're cousins or something. And that's why she likes me so much. But there's, like, one part where clearly Carmilla's been, like, drinking her blood mm. at night, obviously, you know. And she has these vague memories of, like, what has gone on that she just assumes mm -hmm. are weird dreams that she's had. And one of them she's describing, she's clearly talking about having had an orgasm. And then she's just like, huh, what a weird dream. I don't, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's... Oh, oh Laura. Yeah, uh, my friend Kat is going to be oh, yeah. Laura. I introduced... I, I brought the role up and was like, how would you like to be a clueless lesbian? And Kat was like, sounds great. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful. Anyway, the book. Yes. The book. Where were we? So, um, while well, we were seeing if you had anything else that you wanted to say about it before I start getting into the nitty gritty. Um, uh, I don't think so, other than I just remember when I, like, realized that this was, like, really the end, being very disappointed because I was like, yeah. this doesn't. Hui <laughs> got no answers. And after having, like, really, because I was, like, so into them, because I, like, loved them so much, that was... I was like, I just, I've dedicated hours and hours of my life to this thing, and I'll never, uh, I'll never have closure. And I won't. I, now I've learned I will never have closure. I'm shocked, given how these ended, that there's not more, like, fan fiction about, like, what happened at the end of the book series. Because that's, like, what fan fiction is for, is for, like, people who are disappointed in the ending of shit, like, you know? Yeah. To add in things, but, like, all the ones that I've 
think that I saw when I looked online, the few that there were, were mostly just, like, vague unicorn-related stories, but it didn't really seem like people tried to imagine, like, what happened next with her parents or anything like that. Mm. There's a... There's a gap out there, Melanie. I still haven't finished mine. Maybe I'll go in there. (laughs) (laughs) See, and I didn't know anything about fan fiction until I was in my 20s, so I just... Oh, I was a I was a huge fanfic reader, but not a big fanfic writer when I was a kid. But definitely all through middle school and high school, I was reading a lot of Star Trek fanfiction. That was my first love. Okay, so I guess Penny Penny for your trots? Is that what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Penny for your trots with Stephanie. Also, in case anyone doesn't know, she's Stephanie. I'm Melanie. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Stephanie, take it away. Okay, so the book starts. The unicorns in the Celestial Valley are fucking partying. Because they're like, yes, we defeated the Shifter. Everything's good for us. Like, the major evil is defeated. They're dancing. It's like an all-night rager situation. (laughs) So, finally, everyone gets done partying. And Atlanta's like, oh, I'm definitely not going to be able to go to sleep after this. I, you know, she's kind of disappointed that she can't visit, that she's not going to be physically going to Balinor anymore after this. Because it's like, that would kind of fuck with the balance of power of magic if she's like constantly going back and forth. She was only doing that because like things were unstable, you know. Mm -hmm. So she's like, oh, I can, well, I can still talk to Ari in her dreams, but I, I really, I, I'm not going to be, like, physically traveling there anymore. We're done with that. So she goes to look in the pool to see what's going on with Ariana, and she sees the, like, the evil shadow of the Kraken or whatever oh, right. over her, like, she's sleeping and stuff, and she's like, oh, no. We, like, we literally just got done dealing with this bullshit. Now there's more. It's too soon. You know, she's upset. Mm. So, cut to what's been going on with Ariana. There's a whole beginning section where they, like, introduce this kitten that's a character for the rest of the book. Kitten's Mm. name is Odie. Oh, what color? Um, It's black. Okay. I think. Yeah. But Odie has, like... A collar around its neck that has, like, a secret message Mm -hmm. that's, like, the map that they're going to be needing for this. Um, Given to her by a man who, it turns out, is, like, friends of the archivist. There was, like, a person who was responsible for keeping track of all the records and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. historical things and whatever in the palace. And when the betrayal thing happened... He took all the, like, important documents and stuff and just, like, booked it out of there. Because mm-hmm. he was like, I'm an old man. I'm not physically capable of fighting this situation. Better for me to just take all of the, all of the, like, important magical documents that the, the shifter could use for evil and just, like, hide that. After finding this map, they're kind of deciding that they need to follow it to go find the archivist because he'll know more about, like, what's going on. There's also, like, an evil comet thing that has, like, a weird greenish light that's, like, giving the crack in energy at this time. One of the things that bothered me in this beginning part is, so they have her find this cat, 
like, skinny, injured cat in the barn. And, you know, she, like, gives it some food and rubs some salve on it, because that's what you do for every problem. Salve. Yeah, just rubs some salve on it. And then they're, like, describing the barn and all the fancy tack and equipment that is there, which was, like, one of the more, I guess, like, sensory parts of the book, where I'm like, oh yeah, Mary actually enjoys being in barns. So she's, like, describing this barn in an appealing way for somebody who likes horses, you know? Mm -hmm. She's talking about all the, like, all the tack that's available, all the, like, leather saddles for all these different unicorns and stuff. It's a very fancy barn for all the royal unicorns. Finn is there when she finds this cat, and they're talking about how he's all fucked up from the battle. Like, he's got a black eye and, like, a like a whip wheel across his face and stuff. And they're talking about how, like, oh, like, you know, despite being, like, around her age, like, Finn did a great job being, like, the cavalry captain. And, like, almost nobody was injured or died or whatever because he did such a great job. And the whole time I'm reading this, I'm like, you didn't set up anything really for this. Like, we never, like, heard much from anybody telling us that Finn was, like, really good at doing this. We did see him trying to do some training stuff, or at least saying that he was going to be doing some training stuff Mm. with Toby and Rednall, but that doesn't tell me that he has any ability. You know, he's just learning from somebody else. And before this, he worked... At, like, a bar. Like, his parents owned, like, an inn or a pub, right? So mm-hmm. there's... I don't really... Like, I'm kind of not buying that he would be able to, like... That he would be better than trained adult warriors, you know? They've done yeah. nothing to build this up. So then them suddenly being like, oh, yes, thanks to Finn, everything was fine. And, like, wow, he's so young, but he was able to do such a great job. And, like, look, he even got a black eye because he definitely was fighting and stuff. I don't know, like, it could, like, if there had been things that had built that up previously, if they'd proven to me that he did have abilities in that arena, Mm. then I would be like, wow, great job, Finn, I'm super impressed. But because I, like, didn't see any of that, it just seemed really cheap to me, and I Mm. I kind of, like, was like, eh, this could have been a great triumphant moment for that character where he's, like, really come up from just being a kid who works in, like, a pub, but it really... I don't buy it, you know? Right. They just are telling... It's like the same thing when they're like, oh, we're such good friends now. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, you've just told us that, but you're not acting like you're friends. So it's kind of... Yeah. They've just told us that Finn's great at being the captain of Calvary, despite being a child and everyone else being an adult who's been, like, a warrior their whole life. Like, doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Um, Okay, so then they're, they're planning on traveling to try to find this archivist. There's a whole thing with the scepter being like, she's not really supposed to be using it right now because it's going to like draw. It's the same thing where it's like, if you use magic, it's going to draw attention to the fact that you're doing magical stuff from other things that are magic. Um, And right now, like, because the other side is weak, that also means that they're weak. Like, in this world, like, that's how magic works, right? Like, if the evil people's magic is weak, your magic is also weak for some reason. Like, it all, like, ebbs and flows the same, because it's the same source of power. Or something. But, um, then the scepter says something about how, like, basically it's supposed to be doing things for, like, the greater good, 
but and it's not supposed to be too attached to any particular person and it feels like it's like kind of too attached to her and is trying to do stuff more to protect her than to like protect Balinor or like the people in general and that if it keeps acting like that that the old mare is gonna like take its ability to do magic away which also didn't really make sense where I was like since when is the scepter so attached to her and like willing to like sort of sacrifice itself for her like that doesn't I we haven't seen that at all like it's just been kind of like weird and abrasive and that's it like it didn't seem like they had a particular and, like, again, that could potentially be an interesting concept if you had built up the relationship where, like, she's, like, the only one that this magical item that is sentient that does have, like, personality and stuff so could conceivably like people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd built up that she'd been developing a relationship with this magical item over the course of several books, I could buy this. But it doesn't make sense to me because she didn't, like, support it with the text. Mm-hmm. They've just kind of bickered, and mostly she just seems annoyed by the scepter all the time. Like, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've never seen her be like, wow, thanks for helping me out, scepter. Or, like, you know what I mean? There's no, there hasn't been that kind of emotion at all. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing where I was like, this would be a good idea if you had ever if you thought about it before literally this second but because you're making it up on the spot it's it's fucking weak but Mm. whatever all right so then they're planning to travel to they're following this map they're going to try to find the archivist and then there's this part where um they get tricked by this raven and like laurie gets temporarily kidnapped and it turns out the raven or the crow or whatever is actually Moloch the unicorn or Moloch the unicorn like shape changed into this bird Mm -hmm. but right before that there's this weird moment where like she and Chase are talking in mind speech and he can tell that like there's something wrong because she's not wanting to like discuss the whole scepter situation with her because she's like am I supposed to leave the scepter somewhere behind and not use it for this mission? Or, like, what should I do? You know, she's feeling Mm -hmm. really conflicted. And she doesn't want to discuss it with him for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So then she, like, he's trying to talk to her in her head and she's, like, she shuts her mind and she's, like, let's talk out loud because it's not really fair to... And he gets hurt. His feelings are hurt. Dude, he's, like, are we breaking up? (laughs) (laughs) He essentially just says, like, he's like, do you want to break the bond? Which is like, okay. And he's super sad. Yeah, yeah, she didn't want to talk to him for like five seconds. And he's like, wow, we're getting a divorce. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's come to this. (laughs) This is the end. This is how our love story ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they did confirm in this one, like, because Finn was asking about it, that Chase did give up his immortality to be in a bond with her. So, like, what a crushing blow. You, like, have given up, like, immortality to be with this girl. And then she's like, no, talk no. to me out loud because my <laughs> dog wants to hear us talk to He's like, excuse me. <laughs> oh, Chase. Yeah, he, he, like, he's his feelings are extremely hurt. And it lasts for, like, all the five seconds that they're not talking, but... But, yeah, okay, so... They have this fight. She gets temporarily kidnapped by, like, going down a chute. 
luckily the kitty is with her. Like the kitty was like sitting on her shoulder, so it's like able to hold on to her when this happens. Mm-hmm. And then she can send the kitty off to like get help later. But there's also a part where she like gets to pull out the star bottle again, which we haven't seen, just to have light in this dungeon and then she's also feeling comforted because she gets to, like, smell Atlanta's pretty sm- flower smell instead of the gross, like, dungeon fish smell. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they pretty quickly get her out of this little dungeon thing. It's not really a big deal. Um, and then they're trying to figure out the map. They're looking at it and being like, oh, should we go here? Should we go there? What are all these little squiggles and dots? And then the archivist just shows up and is like, excuse me, those squiggles and dots are extremely elegant. You don't know anything about cartography. Everybody says that my maps are very beautiful. <laughs> He's just bothered. I remember um, that. And he clearly knows Lincoln. So it becomes obvious in that moment that like Lincoln was this guy's dog. Or okay. was he or was he a dog? Because it turns out he wasn't originally a dog. Right. Well was he? He's like a frog thing. Oh yes. This was the only moment of excitement I had in the entire book. Is like so the old guy keeps calling this dog Gully. That's what he knows yeah. its its name to be. And then Lincoln reveals that the reason why he's being called Lincoln is because he is the link between, like, the gap and, like, the other worlds and stuff. Like, yes. all of the tunnel and all of the doors, all of the different worlds that you can go to, people can only go to that either with, like, deep magic or with his help. He can, like, he's the thing that can, like, take people between those doors and stuff. Okay. And so yeah. every. Everybody's kind of been wondering, like, where he was at, but essentially he, like, agreed to take her through the gap, but when that happened, she got really injured immediately, and he was like, well, I can't leave her in this condition, and then he just, like, decided to stay with her, and he didn't really want to. Yeah, Yeah, he likes her. He's really distressed at the idea of having to, like, go back with the archivist, but then, like, they do need somebody to, like, perform his service, and I don't know, like, they didn't really get into, like, what he is exactly, or, like, what makes somebody be a Link. Um, but, okay, so in the moment where they're talking about how Lincoln is, like, a transformed, like, him being a dog, that's not his natural state. For a minute, I was actually excited. I was like, is Lincoln a person? <laughs> like is Lincoln gonna like show up and be like an actual like fleshed out character because we've had him this whole book but no they made him be an ugly frog <laughs> this weird frog thing um and then I was like okay you know frog prince situation maybe I was still kind of hoping that he would get to be a character like he could be like a friend like an actual friend as yeah. opposed to like I guess Finn is kind of a friend, but he doesn't really, like, he's not very fleshed out to me. Yeah. And Lori is fleshed out, but they're not actually friends, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, he's just a frog, whatever. Um, and we briefly get to see some of the other worlds that are, like, possible to go to. Like, there's this one that has all these beautiful flowers, and there's this place where all magic works. So they go there to try to, like, figure things out and stuff. But um, they don't really spend a lot of time in any of those other places. I think this was, like, a tease to be like, oh, this could be part of some of the other books is, like, exploring these other worlds. Or, like, maybe they could have 
some kind of a magic related quest to go mm. to these other areas or something. Um, and obviously like the archivist obviously uses those kind of like worlds to like gather magical items and, you know, things like that. Mm. Um, after the, it's revealed that Lincoln is really this frog thing. He, um, goes with them to try to help them with this whole comet, like Mala thing and he, like, provides a really essential distraction because there's this thing where, like, the comet's, like, light is giving, uh, like, whatchamacallit, the, the Kraken thing power. Mm. And he describes, like, she can use the scepter at that moment because, like, if that thing's really strong, then magic on her side is really strong and she can use the scepter again. She's trying to use it to, like, block the the comet's energy, but she can't do that while, like, this weird hand thing that is the Kraken is, like, able to react to her, so he, like, jumps into its hand to distract it for a second. Oh, yeah. And then it seems like he's crushed, but then he's not crushed. Mm -hmm. And then as a reward for his bravery or whatever, Atlanta transforms him, I assume permanently, into a dog. Yeah. So he's a beautiful dog again. Thank goodness. Yeah. God, we only had to look at this ugly frog for, like, five seconds. It's I'm so glad that we didn't have an ugly character here that we'd have to empathize with. We almost had to like somebody ugly. But then his his beautiful mahogany and cream fur comes back and she's able to hug him as a dog. Rather than hug him as a frog. Yeah, she wasn't into it. Um... Yeah. That's pretty much, like, that's, like, the spread of what happens in the book. And then, like, everything else is just left fucking unresolved. Like, they're like, oh, we're in the... Good, we stopped that thing. So now, like, all the bad things that were being prophesied about that, like, oh, like, shadows will fall over the land. And, like, your your brother will never see, like, the light or whatever again. Like, we still have never seen her parents. We don't know shit about what happened to them. And we never will. <laughs> just never provided any information about that. She now only has one brother, I guess. Wait, Bren? Is that his name? Yep, that's the yeah. only one that's left. Um, You know, I almost feel like that could be like its own, like, creepy story, though, if you were somebody who like, lost their memory, and you remember a member of your family that everybody else doesn't remember. Mm. And they're like, oh, it's just because you had that head injury. But, like, really, they, like, you know what I mean? This could be, yeah. this, this is creepy to me. That she, like, has remembered brothers that no one else thinks exist. <laughs> that, it, that just makes me think of, like, um... It's a horror novel scenario. Yeah, that's, like, you know, kind of like, like, the others with, I had actually until just now forgot that this movie existed, but I used to watch it all the time. There's this movie with Nicole Kidman called The Others. And also Good Night Mom Good Night Mommy. I, I haven't seen what it's that. Called. One. It's weird and disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like Yeah, I felt like this one had like kind of more action and more like possible points of interest for a kid than some of the other ones have. Like, it felt like she was trying more. And I could sort of see how, like, if she'd started off writing the the series with, like, this energy, I think it could have been 
a lot better. Like, you know, yeah. that cat could have been there the whole time. That would have been yeah. cute. Um, all the information about Lincoln could have been cool, because then we could have, like, seen his, like, you know, his abilities, but also, like, his loyalty to her, like, that being a problem where, like, people might need his help to, like, get through, like, to different worlds, but then also he wants to be around her all the time, yeah. so then is she gonna go with him, like... That would make them too complex, Stephanie. We never got to see Finn do anything cool. Lori's still there and is just, like, not going back ever, apparently. She doesn't want to go back, so she's not. That's just it. Um, good for, good for her. But, I mean, they have her... One of the things that, like, keeps getting brought up by the other families, like... You know, Lord Puckins to you and the other three that they're that are in like that, you know, the families that are important in the court. Mm -hmm. They're always kind of not liking that the level of informality where they're like wanting everyone to use titles. Right. They're like wanting everyone to dress up. They're expecting there to be balls. All this kind of stuff that, like, Lori really likes and is really mm -hmm. interested in, and Ari is not at all interested in it and doesn't consider important. Right. Like, that could have totally been a thing for her to do and, like, made her an actual asset to that group where they're like, okay, so we have all of these important, like, magic quest things that we absolutely have to do. But then it seems important to our ministers yeah. and to the people at large here people that happy. we do these other things. Yeah, like, make her, like, your fucking party planner, mm. you know? But instead they're just, like, complaining that she's bought a lot of dresses because they want Ari to be, like, not like the other girls. Right. When, like, I don't know, if, like, everybody in your society feels like the, you're not behaving correctly as a member of the royal family, that eventually would be a problem for you. Yeah as a ruler um and having somebody else who would like kind of take all of that off your hands if that's not something that you think is important seems useful actually like or like a thing that you might want to develop yeah. or even like the thing that was being said at the beginning of the series where Lori was saying like oh actually i look more like a princess than you do like that could have totally been an interesting thing where she could have been like like a decoy, mm -hmm. you know, at some point, but because she's able to, like, maybe act or look more like what people are expecting a princess to do, like, they, you know what I mean? Like, there are things that you could do with those character traits to make it an interesting relationship, instead of just constantly being like, oh, yeah, look at this vain, greedy bitch who loves dresses and jewels, and, like, but also we're good friends, even though I don't seem to like her or respect any of her interests, <laughs> like. Yeah. Well, uh, Mary doesn't have any respect for materialistic things femininity materialistic uh characters okay but i think that she is materialistic because the things that we're supposed to want the things that we're shown as good things she's like look at this beautiful velvet yeah. dress no i think that like, mary is mary is materialistic the... but mary doesn't yeah. think that she's materialistic and so that's why she's the person that wants these like really nice things it's you're gonna 
look down on that person because they're not a person that's satisfied with simple things, even though Mary does like the extravagant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, she writes, like, her, you know, oh, here's a beautiful dress, and even, like, Ari enjoys being in, like, the beautiful princess dress or whatever. Um, but maybe it's because she's not asking for the dress herself. Other people are just presenting it to her, so then it's okay for her to want it or something. That's weird. No, that's, I think um, that's exactly what Mary's thing is. Also, don't know what George's part Um, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I could, I could see a really good book series actually coming out of something where you're like, okay, here's our princess who has magical powers and for the safety of the kingdom needs to go on a lot of adventures, but then there are also, like, affairs of state that need to be tended to at home that she doesn't enjoy doing, and you could have, like, somebody else doing those things for her. You know It's what like I mean? kind of a um, Padme thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You could totally do something like that, and uh, like and she's stolen from having... all of the other, you know. Yeah, why didn't she? <laughs> why didn't she steal from the shadow? <laughs> she she could have could have stolen from one more. Yeah, no, I. That was just like as I was looking at it, I was like, look, if you want her to have like sort of an antagonist slash friend. You could easily do that by creating a power dynamic there where Laurie spends all the... Because they have Laurie continuing to talk to Lady Kylie and mm. stuff, too. So it's like, that could almost, like... You could have done something cool with Lady Kylie where, like, because she's been treated badly by the evil people that she was around, but she is sort of developing, like, a friendship with Laurie and is being treated better in captivity here with her enemies than she was being treated by her allies. Like, perfect opportunity if you gave a shit about making nuanced characters to have her be conflicted and possibly, like, give them information or something. Um, you know, I, we'll never know. Maybe Mary had some of those plans. I don't think and so. And we'll just never learn. Maybe Mary was really gonna turn a corner <laughs> and just, like, Shock uh, the hell out of all of us. I don't know. The whole time I'm reading, I was reading this, I got done, I was so mad, and I was like, did she not have a fucking editor? How do you get a book contract and no one ever reads through any of your shit, gives you any notes about anything? Because even as, like, a layman reading through these books, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna do, like, I'm not gonna be like, this unicorn book is stupid, but if, like, you're gonna do, if you want a book about unicorns, and these are the characters that you want to have in it, like, justify them to me. Like, you know, like, sell me on Finn and his role. Like, make him do some impressive shit. Like, the, the things that she was able to sell me on was, like, Chase is impressive as a horse. He seems impressive. I've been sold on that. They had mm -hmm. him do some impressive things. Uh, Lincoln is a nice dog. Like, he seems pretty nice, you know? That was sold mm -hmm. to me. Um, I honestly wasn't even that sold on, like, Toby being rude. Because he was kind of, like, blunt about stuff. But mostly yeah. he seemed like he was, like, you know, not trying to be a dick. Yeah, I like they keep telling us how great Numenor is, and he just seems like an asshole. Yeah, Numenor doesn't do shit. I guess I was sold on Atlanta being beautiful and nice. Like, mm -hmm. 
that was that seemed like there was evidence for that but mm -hmm. yeah i feel like she spends a lot of time like being like oh my character is like this like telling you that or like their relationship is like this and not proving that to me like no they're not we're friends no they're not <laughs> yeah uh I think that just would have required a lot more. I just, I just don't think this was like, I'm not, I don't think Mary was super invested, uh, invested in this and it clearly Scholastic wasn't either. Oh. Um, well, I mean, but, they bought eight books though. No, but I, I didn't they just try didn't like that hard. Yeah. With making them. Good. I bet she just, like, had a connection that got her a publishing deal. You know yeah. what I mean? And she was like, oh, it'll be easy to write kids' books. And then just, like... She's like, unicorns for children. <laughs> sure, and why not? she was like, uh, this nine-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, she'll definitely like them. And then I dedicated several years of my life to them. <laughs> I bought it. I bought into it hard. And you know, I think that it's still, I think I still love that. <laughs> I think overall, this is not, there are questions, but um, I still love them for how they made me feel at the time. I mean, there there are like points in it where like, something interesting happens or something is described well where i can see where if like you already had an interest like say that barn scene right mm -hmm. i'm not a horse person so i don't really like i've never had a dream about having a really nice barn but i bet oh a little God. kid i bet a little kid who was into horses has fantasized about having a really nice barn and having ceremonial headdresses for your horse and, like, all the things that she was describing in this scene and mm -hmm. has smelled those smells. And so mm -hmm. that part where she goes into there seems really cool. Yes. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Me. <laughs> <laughs> You're describing... Spent many an hour imagining my dream barn, looking at... <laughs> the different saddles that I would get, like saddle pads, uh, fancy bridles, you name it. I spent, I have spent hours, if not days of my life fantasizing and just like looking at whether in person or in a catalog. Yeah. I, so there's this YouTuber I watch, uh, Jenny Nicholson, and she was doing a review of some of the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Okay. And she was talking about how she was, like, one of the first parts of the third movie, there's this montage, like, this honeymoon montage scene. And yeah. as she's sitting there, she was like, oh, this is a great, like, this is a fairly well done montage. I bet that if I were a fan of this series... I would be loving this montage because I'd be thinking that about all, like, I'd be happy the characters have come to this point. And then she realized that actually w watching the montage was supposed to make you want, like, fantasize about being Anastasia. But she was, like, so divorced from that that she, all she could fantasize about was being a person who might enjoy the montage. <laughs> That's, like, kind of how I feel about some of the really horse-centered scenes in these books, where I'm like, oh, if I was a horse person, I guess I would be enjoying this right now. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, like like that or like the the part where they were like I it was in one of the previous books, but I think they were describing in detail like what like Chase's saddle and stuff would look like and I was mm-hmm. like, "Boy, this means nothing to me, but somebody probably loved these details." And they were like, "Oh, I can picture this beautiful saddle." Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's content straight for Melanie. <laughs> Yep, you're describing exactly what I would and did love at the time. So, okay. Diana's bringing us some horse books later this week, so I don't know what I'm going to be reading next. I know. I I don't know what she's bringing. I don't know what I don't know what we're going to wind up with, but it'll it'll be a mystery box good of, shit. of things. Um so, uh Scale of one to ten ponies. Um, literary work for this one. I'll go three. This was slightly yeah. better than some of the other ones because there at least was more like interesting stuff happening. Okay. Uh, scale of one to ten ponies. Horse content. This is probably like a six. There was some like angst and there, that barn scene was pretty like horsey, but otherwise I feel like we heard a lot of stuff about cats and dogs and mm. frogs. It wasn't as horse-centered okay. as some of the other ones were. Okay. Wait, so what... Sorry, what was your rating? Six. Six. Six okay. ponies. Okay. Six ponies. Uh, scale of one to ten ponies overall enjoyment. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go with a five. Because, yeah. like, on the one there hand... There some anger it, in there. There were, there were some details that I thought could have potential... But I also was like, you wrapped up fucking nothing. And you, like, now she only has one brother. We've deleted that person entirely. We have heard nothing else about her family at all. Like, that's another thing, too, is, like, they keep bringing up, you know, her family and her missing them. But very rarely did they give us any details that make us think, like, oh, these are great people and we need to save Mm -hmm. them. It's yeah. just like her her mother said something once or twice, you know, in, in a memory that she had. She like smells like roses or something. Yeah, and her yeah. dad has a beard. <laughs> that's, Which that's her, like her mom and Atlanta both smell like flowers. So I feel like that's an association that yeah. we should examine. We we know there's some mother mother. Her stuff. dad has a beard and laughs. That's all we know about him. And classic dad. Originally, Bren had, like, helped teach her how to fight, but now I guess Chase yeah. did. <laughs> Is Chase her brother that she's married to? You know, if one of the unicorns turned out to be, like, one of her family members turned into a unicorn, that would actually be a fire plot twist. I would mm-hmm. love that. There's so many directions it could have gone. Well... Also, they said that thing in, like, the very first book about, like, shapeshifters not being able to keep their form for very long, but Lincoln's been a dog this entire fucking time. Like, Maybe he has other no rules, because cons- he's a link. Yeah, or, like, I think it wasn't a shift, it was, like, a transformation. Like, he was, like, mm. being a dog, like, permanently or something. Mm. But... Or maybe he was, like, turning back into a frog when no one was looking. I don't know. So many unanswered questions they really and they never will be answered i know welcome to years of emotional torment melanie honestly I... I feel like you and i could write a better horse book than this um 100 i was just talking to jordan the other day about um because he was talking about some weird short story that he wrote once mm-hmm. um 
And there was totally like a point when I was homeschooling naturally um, where I was like, I was probably like 10 and I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to write a horse book because that's like all I was reading at the time. And I very distinctly remember I had this like, you know, a big yellow legal pad. And so I would just like take breaks from my schoolwork and write this story. And I like gave up on it, not very long into it, but I just remember that. I think the characters were like 14, maybe. Mm-hmm. And the love interest's name was Jonathan. Oh. And the main character, I don't remember her name. Um, I hope that it wasn't Melanie. <laughs> but <laughs> that would be but I can't make any guarantees. <laughs> but um, she was a three-day eventer. They were all three-day eventers. And she loved Jonathan. And I vaguely remember something about school cafeteria. It sounds like it would have been a real banger. But, uh, unfortunately, I did not finish it. Well, I mean, my current writing project is a romance novel featuring a plant-based alien and a farm girl. But when I'm done with that, I'm down to try to write you a unicorn book. These are not very long books. I feel like I could do a better job than this. Yeah, no, you definitely could. They're they're arguably not good. I don't know, like, what the horse girls want, though. You should give me, like, some points to hit. Okay. Just write up some shit that, like, a horse person wants to see in a book, you know? Because I don't know. Okay, well... I feel like I won't I won't know until I until I see that it's missing. Maybe we can do a thing where like you write some stuff and I'll be like, listen, this is where you really go hard on on this thing. Um, do you want me to write like five pages and then send it to you and then you suggest and then I write more? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you gotta give me give me something to go off of. I don't know what the rules give are. Give me a. Give me a name, give me a, a location, something that you want. A name? What do you mean a name? Like, just a name? A character name or something. A character yeah. name. Who Who, who is our who is our beautiful hot girl protagonist? Um, Melanie? I'm, no, I'm you kidding. literally <laughs> wanted to be Melanie? No, no, I don't. No, I don't. That's uh, such a when I take a step back and I, I think about my name, it's weird. I don't know how I feel about it. Outside of just knowing that I am Melanie. Like, what is I'm that like, name? What is that name? What is, I mean, I, yeah, it was just more like, you don't see it that often. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about other Melanies, but anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> what? name most stephanie's are either significantly older than me or probably were named after stevie nicks also (laughs) yeah uh there's one person i know who was named rhiannon after the fleetwood mac song rhiannon Mm -hmm. and we had a conversation about how both of us like just have to be aware that our parents fucked to fleetwood mac every time that we hear any fleetwood mac we're like oh look look at this vintage hit that my parents fucked to great to be reminded about my parents (laughs) fucking i don't like that at all 
Don't Every, everybody like being super into the rumors album now is like very conflicting for me because I was conceived of the the rumors album. That's a fact. Just hold the It's not great. It's not great to know. Also, that just is something I don't. I don't like really understand. But that's what Fleetwood Mac. No, like. Naming your children after things you fuck to? Um, I mean, that, but also <laughs> just, like, music while uh, having sex. <laughs> I was like, well, how do I phrase that? Um, you, but that's just a... If you just... don't like the person that you're sleeping with, it's kind of nice to be able to disassociate by listening to some music. <laughs> Well, that maybe that explains it for me. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing. Yep. Well, I mean, thank they you, never Stephanie. they never liked each other in my experience, so I have to assume they probably didn't like each other that much then. Ugh. I just find it distracting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> just some thoughts. Uh, Melanie, Thanks. do you have a horse story? Main characters. Main characters. Um, I feel like I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I thought I had one. Preferably one with an adorable uh, picture involved. Hmm. I I mean, I I can't remember what I've already said. So, um, you've already told the Apache story with your dad. Right. Um, you talked about Red being an asshole. You talked about Sugar doing that thing where she, like, swung her body yeah. all the way up a hill to save you. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about Bobo. Those right. were really the stories. Um, you also talked about Fire and Ice a little bit. Oh, yeah. Fire and Ice. Uh-huh. Beautiful. And, uh, we've talked about how hot Frisians are. Obviously. Big fan. Um, well, I don't know how much of a, this isn't necessarily like a good story, but, um, just the, uh, in terms of horses that I appreciate, um, are, so Red's dad, um, so Red and Sugar have the same mother, Jazzy, uh, Western Jazz was her um, registered name. Um, they're all registered Missouri Foxtrotters. They're gated horses, in case that has not come up already. Um, but... I don't, I don't know what any of those things mean. Yeah, so, gated horses, they just move differently than, like, a standard, than, like, a non-gated horse will. Um, so, like, we got Missouri Foxtrotters because my dad, um, has a bad back. He has a he had a slipped disc in his back, and um, gated horses tend to be smoother, so like they're easier to ride and like to sit. Um, like if they're trotting or something, like kind of your just like a regular trot on a non gated horse can be. Um, it can just be it's bouncy um, and is hard to sit, and it's definitely hard if you have like a bad back, and so. Um, Missouri Foxtrotters in general are like very smooth and so it's easy to to sit their gait and not be jostled around a lot. 
Um, so it's like usually like um, are they writing. called fox trotters because of the fox trot? Is it supposed to be like similar to that rhythm or? Um, fair question. I don't know. That is their their trot is a fox trot. I mean, so it's, <laughs> they have like their gates are a flat foot walk. Um, so their walk is it's like a fancy fast walk, and then their trot is a fox trot. Um. And so, like, their their legs move differently um, than, like, uh, they would, like, a standard trot would. Um, and that makes it smoother. And then they have a rocking horse canter as, like, their third gait. So, like, rather than just, like, propelling forward, it goes more up and down. Um, and it's usually slower. It's, like, more collected. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway, so those are some very pop stars. Um, but so Jazzy was is their shared mother. So Sugar, I probably said this. Sugar is our first baby. Red is our last baby. Um, and uh, Red, his dad, Sire, was Duke Siren Legend, um, who was owned by our trainer Kristen and her, her it was her mom's horse um and he was black he was a black stallion and he red was his last baby so actually so Jazzy and Sugar were um bred together we basically got like um I think my mom would correct me if I'm incorrect on this, but I'm pretty sure we, we like got two free breedings because they were selling legend. Um, mm-hmm. that was his stable name was legend. They were selling legend just oh, because man, that's like, that's like a fucking stage name, man. <sighs> yeah. He is special. He was he's a legend. A, he, he's a legend. He is a legend. Um, <laughs> but they were selling him and the person that purchased him, um, was going to geld him. And oh, geez. So uh, William was Sugar's baby and Red was Jazzy's baby, but they were his last two babies. And William was born first and Red was born like a month later or something. But so Red is technically Legend's last baby. Mm-hmm. But Legend was like probably 20, I want to say, when he was gelded. Yeah. Um, but so... I mean, he was a stallion, and so, I mean, tip, like, relatively common knowledge, stallions are known for being more temperamental and, like, um, just more difficult to handle in a lot of cases and not necessarily as safe. So, like, um, for the Missouri Foxtrotter shows, you're not allowed to, if you're under 18, you're not allowed to show a stallion mm-hmm. um, because it's just more dangerous, whatever. But... Legend, I just was, like, in love with him. Because he... And he was a beautiful black stallion. Um, but he was, like... He was very kind. Which, like, you don't see very often. Like, I mean, you can see in stallions, but... You don't see as often. And he was... He was kind and he was he was gentle. And, like, I was, like, a little... I mean, I was a pretty little kid. Um, but... I, I got to, like, ride him one time, and I remember being, like, so excited, and I was super nervous, because I hadn't ridden a stallion before. 
Um, and he was like so good. He was just very, he was just so good. And he was, I just thought he was amazing. I thought he was like beautiful. I, I loved getting to see legend. So I was super excited. Um, I'm like getting upset right now. <laughs> oh, cause <laughs> uh, I'm like legitimately gonna start crying. Oh. Oh no. Was, I'm pretty sure he's dead now, but because of his age, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm crying right now. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. Uh. No, he was just. He was just really amazing, uh, and it was really cool that we got his last two babies, and I just remember being sad when he was sold, and I was sad that he was going to be gelded, but mm-hmm. he was bought by this woman who um, basically, like, had a stable, and she ran, like, camps and taught lessons to little kids, and they would send, um, and normally... Oh my god, I'm like so upset that I'm crying right now. Oh. Oh, so dumb. Uh, I don't know why I'm crying. I've been feeling depressed lately. I guess the, this just this just the, really the, triggered something. The reality of his of his mortality just like no. hit you. You're... Oh, it did. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, so he was just really so normally like um. If you geld a horse or I think like the same is really true for like any animal. If you like, you know, neuter a dog or a cat or geld a horse and they've been, you know, um, a stallion or whatever for most of their life, they, their behavior is not going to change. Um, just because. Yeah. It's, had... it's like once like you have a cat and it starts spraying or something like that. They keep doing that even if they've been fixed later yeah. because that's just like part of their behavior. Yeah. So that's like pretty standard for like studs. So like usually if you're going to geld a horse and you're going to want kind of that, um, just I mean with horses, basically like geldings are known for being kind of the, the least temperamental because when you geld a horse, it's going to be usually within like around like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, like we actually waited until red was maybe two. And that was pretty late mm-hmm. um, to be deciding to geld a horse just because yeah, they, these behaviors just stick. And legend was like 20 when he was gelded. But after they gelded him and he like was at this place, we like, and he was just amazing. He, um, this woman would like send pictures and I'm still <laughs> just cry apparently, but you know, just of like these little kids grooming him that were like just up to like his knee and him just being super sweet. And he like, and also stallions are known to be like aggressive with foals that are, like, not theirs, and he, like, basically took in this weanling that had a hard time being separated from its mom, you know, because that's at basically around, like, six months you will start weaning babies because the moms get annoyed and um, at some point, yeah, at some point they might hurt them, Um, but 
he like kind of took it this weanling under his wing and became like his his like dad and just you know just like taking care of all of these little kids and it was just like the sweetest thing and you just ugh. <laughs> so annoyed that I'm crying it's just special he is very special and I'm sure that he's dead now which is sad to me <laughs> <laughs> oh no so embarrassing anyway well, I mean it kind of sounds like Sugar must have gotten a lot of her temperament from him because she's so sweet well they're actually not related at all Sugar oh, is ahead were... of, uh, Jazzy was Sugar's oh gotcha um, opposite Jazzy was Jazzy was uh, feisty Ah, Jazzy was a saucy little minx um <laughs> And red definitely. Uh, is, legend is, is red. Yeah, legend is red. Siren. Red is definitely saucy. He got the jazz uh, spiciness, but um, <laughs> uh, sugar had a different nugget. Was um, oh God, what was his full name? Full nugget. Anyway, Nugget um, was her was her dad, and we actually almost because we love sugar so much. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, we were gonna breed to. And I actually think I think the plan was we were gonna breed to Nugget again because we love sugar because sugar was so um, just sweet and. When she, especially even when she was like younger, which you know normally young horses are shitheads. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were gonna breed to him again. But then, like, I think on the way out there to go take Jazzy um, out there, I think we like got a flat tire on our trailer mm-hmm. or something, and so we came home, and then it just didn't work out to go back mm-hmm. because you also there's like. You have to wait for the mares to be in heat. There's kind of, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, but then, because it didn't work out, then we wound up breeding to to Legend. Mm-hmm. So. And obviously, I loved Legend. <laughs> Based on the fact that I just cried on this freaking podcast. The, the way that you were talking about the way that he acted kind of reminds me of this, like, these cats that we found when I was a kid. Um, so there was a little bit when uh, my family was, like, living in this trailer court and my mom was, like, managing it. Mm-hmm. And there were these three cats that we just, like, found under one of the houses that, like, were strays and nobody really knew very much about them. And when we were looking at them, it was, like, really clear later that, like, this was a mom and one adult kitten, and then the other cat, like, was probably, like, the father of those kittens, because she ended up having three kittens that looked, one looked exactly like her, one looked exactly like this other cat, and then one looked exactly like the kitten that she already had. So we're like, well, it's just a carbon copy of what we already have. It's three of the same cat. But, um... His name was Cole, that older cat, 
And, like, he fucking loved kittens. Like, he wanted to hang out with them and play with them. And their mom, her name was Sweetie Pie because she was such a fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She was so mad about having kittens. Like, she was so mean to them all the time. And she just was annoyed by them constantly. And Cole would, like, take care of the kittens and play with them. And, like, he loved them. He, like, had a great time with them. And usually, like, it's kind of the same thing where some, like, older male cats, like, usually aren't like, I love kittens. But he was always really friendly and sweet to them. That's super adorable. Oh, so Uh, I'm just starting to... See, I said you were talking about Cole being super sweet. And then I started thinking about Legend. Oh, no. I started hearing (laughs) What is happening? You just, you know, you're thinking, you're thinking about how beautiful Legend was. He was, I, you know, sometimes you like put things, put things away. And then you just pulled it up and you're like, oh no, I love him. And I pulled it up and I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to have this reaction to it. But I did. I really loved him. I think maybe part of it too is he reminds me of Sugar and she's getting old. Yeah, and you're and I, about him. Yeah. Sugar's a problem child and I just I worry that she's gonna die soon. That's gonna be really sad. No <laughs> <laughs> No Oh No, I, okay. I looked up the Fox Trotter thing, by the way, why they're called you did. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's because of like the syncopated gait. Yeah, it, they are being named after the fox trot. Um, the horse walks with his front feet and trots with his hind feet, um, which comes from the fox, which only leaves two tracks because its hind foot steps into the ones left by its front feet, mm-hmm. and the and that's what happens when you dance the fox trot too. Like you step forward and back into the same spots. So it is after the dance. That makes sense. Yeah. Now I just, I think I knew, I think I knew about fox trotters before I knew about the fox trot. I mean, that <laughs> makes, it makes sense, and it's also one of those things where, like, you just learned the name and then probably didn't like think about it too much yeah. more after that. Never really thought about it until you brought it up. Uh, no. Oh. Well, I'm sorry that you cried. <laughs> You know, me too. <laughs> it wasn't part of my life plan for today. <laughs> um, is it going to make you cry to send me a picture of him? Of Legend? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like no. Legend has to be the, the picture for this. It does. One. I'll um, try to find a picture of Legend. I'm sure I have one. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'll I still obviously have to edit and stuff anyway, so yeah. it's not like it's not like I need it imminently. Yeah, I but, will find. But perhaps later tonight. Yes. And then whenever Anna sends us our past your bedtime design, uh, we can we can get cracking on those. Heck yeah. Um, what I requested. And I saw a concept sketch, and it looked pretty cool. Was a horse in pajamas, like definitely wearing a button-up pajama top, mm-hmm. in bed reading a book. I love that. That's what I. That's what I envisioned. I love that. 
And I feel like if anybody we know can can do an anthropomorphized bed or a horse in pajamas, it's Anna. Yeah, if if that sounds great to anybody, email us and I'll make you one too. But <laughs> at present, I was I'm just gonna make one for me and Melanie because I feel like maybe we're, the we're the main audience isn't super high. I mean, I'll just say it. I don't know if anybody else has been rating our podcast, but I've been rating it five stars. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, please, even if you don't think it's five stars, just do it anyway. It's like the best of Missoula thing. Like, I just basically go on there and click names of people that I know. Like, are they the best? Who cares? I know that person. <laughs> yep. There Who's the best actor? It's Kara. <laughs> She's the person I know. <laughs> Carol appreciate that. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, that's yeah. That's the wrap up of Unicorns of Balnor. We'll be on to something else, and uh, I hopefully won't cry next time. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome yes. in advance. <laughs> I I don't know what horse book I'll be reading. We'll, we're waiting with bated breath for whatever Diana does bring. Um, I think we talked before about maybe doing Saddle Club. So if there's some Saddle Club, maybe we'll do that. But, you know, we'll just, we'll see what the mystery box holds. Okay. Bye. Your amnesiac child with two broken legs. Just be like, take her to the vet. <laughs> It'll be fine. She was a happiest, happiest child. I mean, she was homeschooled because of anxiety. 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 Because of anxiety.